being the assistant of somebody you've seen on TV, like, man, what it would be like to be an assistant of a Charles Swindoll or a Stanley. And today we are going to interview one of those assistants. Today we're going to interview Dan Larison, an 18-year assistant at Parkside Church, the church of Alistair Begg. You know, when we see these guys on TV, sometimes we forget that there is a home church behind them. And Parkside is just a fantastic ministry. And one of the things that makes it a fantastic ministry is the the number of assistants that they have. So I know you'll be encouraged to get some inside information from Dan and, and how he's worked there at Parkside and how God has used him. And I know this will be a blessing to you today. So enjoy this episode of Art of the Assistant. All right, everybody. Well, it's a privilege to be back with you on Art of the Assistant. And man, I have been looking forward to this interview for at least two years, I think. Um, I think it was two years ago at Basics, Dan, that I, I mentioned this to you. All right. And, and then um, ended up sick with Crohn's and it didn't happen. And so now back and, and running with Art of the Assistant again. And here we are. And I'm just so thankful to have... Um, my brother and friend Dan on the podcast with us. He serves as assistant pastor at Parkside and serves there with Alistair Begg. And I just can't wait for him to talk about it being an assistant pastor, what that means, what that looks like at Parkside. Obviously, we'd be amiss not to let you hear a little bit of what Alistair is like. Um, I heard Danny's just a dull character, not interesting to be around <laughs> at all. And you can tell us a little bit about that as well. But Dan, welcome. Welcome to Art of the Assistant, man. And I think um, if one day we get that book out, you are this book. You've served many years as an assistant pastor. Um, you've been through, um, I know, a lot of transition and change. And we're just here to hear your story. And if you just want to start, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your family, and then just kind of get in and how you landed at Parkside and and how you're calling, how God took you from a member of the church to now a member of the staff. Yeah, yeah, glad to. And and it's it's a privilege and a pleasure for me to be on the show with you. Um, <clears throat> I uh, well, I, I grew up going to church. My parents took me to church in a uh, Baptist Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, um, as I think about my family of origin, all, all of my siblings that I grew up with, they were exposed to all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of them may be believers, um, but the the siblings that I grew up with, uh, you can't really tell. And I know some of them are, are not believers, but for some reason, uh, I look back at the way that God led me to tell my parents that I, you know, I, Hey, I, I want to accept Jesus. And yeah. they took me to see the pastor I was really intimidated. I, I don't know if this is a, a, a good prescription for how to do this, but they took me to the pastor and we went into like their, their boardroom and it was mm. dark, you know, and, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. And, but God had, he just inclined my heart toward him. I look back and that's the only way to explain it. Amen. That's right. Um, I think when I was really young, I told my, my mom that I wanted to be a pastor Mm-hmm. like seven, but then I think it changed to missionary at some point. Okay. Um, but then I got into sports and forgot all about that. You know, sports was my life. Yeah. Um, and, and God used that. Uh, I, I played football in, in college at a small school and, um, 
Was that in Ohio or uh, Michigan? Okay. Uh, Adrian College, Division Three. Okay. Um, I separate. I, I was a quarterback, and I separated my shoulder my senior year. Um, uh, two and a half degree out of three degree separation. So I, I, I was lucky to play it all, but, um, but I, 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 they actually moved me to wide receiver and I started for three years, um, which was, you know, that was, that was unique to be able to start as a sophomore, but it gave me a platform and I had a Bible study and I saw guys from the football team trickle in and some would stick someone, but, uh, there, there was just every year, there was a few guys that would come to faith and I thought, this is amazing. Like, whoa. Mm. Um, and, and I was involved in crew campus crusade for Christ. Um, and um, I, I said, you know, as I was nearing my senior year, I thought, if I could do this and get paid for it, that would be amazing. Mm. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of prayer and, and a lot of wise counsel that went into that, but I just felt like God was calling me into ministry. Okay. And then I felt like, well, all my experiences are, are with crew. It would make sense that I would go with crew. Um, you know, as I look back, kind of like at the memorials, kind of like uh, in Israel, the memorials that God has placed in my life, they, they'd line up and kind of point in this direction. So uh, I went on staff with with Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, got married just before that okay. to my high school sweetheart. And um, we served, Pam and I served at Kent State University. They placed us in Northeast Ohio. Uh, we had to look it up on a map. Uh, and everybody told us, oh, yeah, that's where the shootings were. We were yeah, like, yeah. yeah, we've heard. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and I, and I do think it was a, it was a spiritually dark place and it was a great season of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an introvert by nature, yeah. uh, but having to raise support and then go on campus and just share Christ and then get to know guys and lead Bible studies and then uh, speak in, in at our weekly meetings. Uh, it was great. And we saw the that ministry grow a ton. It was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during that process, I was on staff for 10 years. Wow. The last five years was just this gradual growing desire. As I was getting my seminary degree, I'm studying the Bible and I'm like, people need to know this stuff. You know, in, in college ministry, I'm just doing evangelism and just the essentials of discipleship. You know, like don't sleep with your girlfriend and walk with Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, and so I had this burden to teach the Bible as I'm as I'm learning it. And um, right around that time the director of ministries here, Jeff Mills, he mm-hmm. sees that I'm, I'm really excited about being involved uh, in any way I can. And, mm-hmm. um, and he taps me on the shoulder after Sunday evening service. And he says, have you ever considered church ministry? And it's like, yes, I've been thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And so for several years, I would talk with him and another guy, Scott Kennedy, Scott Kennedy planted a church and uh, now they're independent, but uh, shoreline um, up in Willoughby. And he, but Scott and I would talk and then uh, every several months, Scott, Jeff and I would talk and we would just pray, but God did something in those meetings. Every Hmm. meeting, I remember Hmm. feeling a little, like a, a, a smaller degree of clarity. That's the direction of things. And you're attending Parkside at this time. You're working with crew at Kent state and attending that. Okay. I'm a member at Parkside uh, teaching in, you know, uh, for some of the pastors when they're not around, you know, those kind of things, not being involved. And um, yeah, I finally get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I, I sense pretty clearly that God is calling me to pastoral ministry. Hmm. And they concurred. Um, and they said, well, let's see if we can have you talk with Alistair. You know, and I said, I would love to work here at Parkside. This yeah. is, you know, the teaching here at Parkside has changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, I'd, I'd, I'd be a janitor here, whatever it takes. Um, it's my church family. 
And uh, so they asked Alistair and he said, no. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that conversation was like, but they didn't fill me in. So I think it was pretty short. Yeah. But, um, uh, but I had met with, uh, with, with Alistair in the process of all that. Okay. And, um, and he was very gracious and kind, but so I started uh, sending out my resume and, and interviewing with churches, <clears throat> but along the way, I had a couple other questions for Alistair and he had said, you know, Hey, in, as you're processing this, don't be a stranger. Yeah, so okay. I came up to him after an evening service and I said, Hey, remember how you said, don't be a stranger. Well, I've, I've got some more questions. So we sat down again and eventually he said, well, if, if we feel like this guy is called, why don't we train him for a couple of years hmm. and then send him off and, and affirm, you know, confirm his calling, give him some objective voices so that's what they did. And that was, that started in 2005. And um, yeah, never looked back. There was a guy that left staff shortly after that to be a senior pastor somewhere. And so uh, I just kind of slid into that spot. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and it was interesting because one of my closest friends with crew, he had become a senior pastor. And I told him, I think, I think God's calling me to be a pastor. And he knows me really well. And he uh -huh. said, okay, Dan, I wouldn't say that you're naturally a, a, a super gifted leader or communicator. Are you sure? Hmm. Are you sure you're called to be a pastor? Yeah. And I looked at him and I said, I know, I know. <laughs> I, it's, you know, I don't have these flaming gifts of leadership and teaching, but I feel like God's calling me to do this. Wow. He's like, okay, great. Um, and, and over time, um, as every year we would do an annual review after, you know, being on staff here and, um, every year it was, do you think you senior in the future? And it was always, I don't know. And they said the same thing, maybe, maybe, but eventually yeah. at like maybe five years, uh, I said, and this was, God did a number of things to get me to the place where I felt like God was actually calling me to stick around mm -hmm. long-term it was another one of those uh, kind of profoundly uh, God things. Um, we'd been training up missionaries to send them out because uh, we'll send them out fully supported and we stay in contact with them, you know, every month at least. Yeah. And we consider them offsite staff. Well, I was one of the main guys who was discipling and preparing these missionaries. Okay. And now when they need me most, <clears throat> would I leave? You know, I, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. Um, just so I can advance my career, like, ah, no, I got to be called to leave, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was my good friend, uh, Rick, who is the one that said, are you sure you're called to be a pastor? He said, Hey, would you consider being my right hand man? Uh, and I thought this is about as an, an ideal situation as I could imagine. Um, and so it was really, it, it crystallized in my mind as I was thinking about our missionaries feeling like, no, they need me. These are, these are my friends. They've worked here. And because we bring them on staff for a season, they work with us for two or three years, and then we send them out. Yeah. Uh, they kind of need me. And then it grew into, as I continued to pray, I said, I think Jeff Mills needs me. Hmm. I, and it wasn't a, cause I'm so important. It was, that was just a, I think God wants me to help him. Yeah. And at the same time, realizing, I think God has gifted me with a desire and an ability uh, to support and come alongside. Good. Now, if I can interrupt, Dan, with that, yep. 
can you can you let our guys know who Jeff is, who Jeff Mills is, in case they don't know? And you were talking about connecting with him. Now, who? How does he come into that? Uh, Jeff Mills is the director of ministries. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we kind of refer to Alistair as the dad, and Jeff is the mom. You know, <laughs> also travels sometimes, and he's got that. But yeah. uh, Jeff uh, keeps the house running while he's gone. Yeah. Um, and Jeff was a senior partner at Arthur Anderson, okay. uh, one of the big three accounting firms. And he actually wrote their leadership development curriculum. Wow. He's a world class leader. But the most amazing thing is how uh, he submits to Alistair and he comes alongside to support and help Alistair. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so uh, they actually hired uh, Jeff early in Alistair's early, fairly early in Alistair's career here uh, when the elders said, you have to find somebody to cover the things that you're incompetent in. Mm. Or, or, this is not working. Yeah. And Alistair has said that and he, may, he means it. Uh, and so they hired Jeff to do some of those things. Mm. And it just the way they work together is amazing. That's great. So. I've learned a lot about how to to support and submit to your leader from Jeff because he does it all the time. But yeah. he's he's an amazing, strong leader in his own right. Um, so yeah, that's who Jeff is. Okay, good, good. So, so so you're there and you're just like, okay, Jeff needs me, and I just see my yeah. role developing even even more here at Parkside. Yeah, and so in a matter of about a year, uh, all those things I'm, I'm processing through, and then lastly, and I'm not a an extremely forward thinking guy. I'm not the guy that comes up. I've got a vision for the next 10 years of my life. Not really. It's pretty vague and I'm just doing the next thing. Yeah. But, um, and I'm, I, I recognize that as a weakness in a lot of ways, but in this situation, it was like God said, and Dan realized that mm. in 10 or 15 or whatever years, there's going to be a major transition at Parkside church. They're going to need people who actually know and care for the people and can help them make that transition. Even if the next guy who comes doesn't like you at all and fires you. Mm. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the, the church probably does need somebody who's willing to stick around. Yeah. And so that, that was the process in me feeling like, I think God wants me to stay here. I think he's yeah. called me to help. Yeah. Wow. And what year was that? Um, well, that was probably about maybe 10 years ago. Okay. Um, Five to ten years ago, so seven years okay. ago, something like that. But uh, yeah, a, a while ago. Wow. Okay. So you've been so you've been on staff then at Parkside for eighteen years. Eighteen years. Wow, that's awesome. Eighteen years, and in those eighteen years, it really seems like God's confirmed your call. And would you say, just through men and through different processes, you know that your role as an assistant is exactly where God wants you? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, there was subjective things of I felt. Oh, and I, I, if you've ever seen Braveheart, yeah. um, there's that line when the uh, uh, the the younger guy who's actually probably the rightful king, although they were arguing about it, mm -hmm. but he's this young guy, and all of these nobles are looking up to William Wallace, and they're in this meeting of all the nobles, and they're all fighting over it all. Yeah. Um, but uh, Robert de Bruce is actually trying to keep it in order. And he's really the, the leader. Um, and, and William Wallace just kind of sneaks out and he just leaves because they're all just fighting. And, and Robert de Bruce runs after him and he says, we need you. You've, you've got to help us. And he said, if you would just lead them, 
I would follow you. Mm. And it's this poignant moment, like the great hero, William Wallace would follow me. Um, but there's something so beautiful and powerful about that. Mm. And, and I, I, when I help Jeff, I feel, I, I feel power and strength. Mm. And, and I, I love that. I get excited about that. Yeah. And, um, and, I think that 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 well, it seems like that can be fairly unique. Yeah. Uh, in my experience, most of the time, people are always their trajectory is I, I want to be the leader. I want to be the leader. Yeah. Um, that oftentimes being a right hand man or an assistant uh, is 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 a weakness, or it's because you couldn't be the leader. That's why yeah. you're there. Yeah, I've yeah, I know I know guys that are sitting in that role right now that. I mean, even different friends or family members, they're they're giving them a hard time because, hey, when when are you going to become the a real pastor? You know, yeah. when, when you, you go, and but I I don't see that. I I see us, you know, just we're just utilizing the gifts that God has given to us, and they're all essential, right? In the body of Christ, right? And and I I enjoy it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I I, I wanted to be the man too. I did, mm-hmm. but then I realized. Um, I, I don't have the, such obvious preaching gifts that, that I should pursue it, mm-hmm. but I had always kept it open for the, I'd kept it open for the longest time. Like it, but if God wants me to, and he makes it clear that that is what he wants, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, because I know that there are, there are plenty of little churches that don't have a pastor and just need somebody to be faithful. Okay. I could do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, then that process of him saying, I, I want you to stay here. That's okay. great. Yeah. So, so Dan, what are your, um, what are your key responsibilities as you look at your days, you look at um, how Jeff is leaning on you for day to day. What are those, what are those things that you do that, um, that you love doing and that's, that's you've seen as part of your calling there? Yeah. Well, there's the formal things and then there's the informal things, but the formal yeah. are uh, community group leaders um, okay. and, and, part of that is because that's where we're going to probably choose most of our uh, next class of elders. We have elder intern uh, seasons. Uh, and so we're looking to these community group leaders as our next leaders, next mm-hmm. generation of leaders. And so Jeff wanted me to be uh, overseeing them. Um, so that's one of them, uh, our missionaries. Uh, I help. Uh, there's another guy that assists me in, in helping care for our missionaries and we view them as offsite staff. And so I'm, I'm just trying to disciple mentor, help them shepherd them. Uh, and also that too. What's that? Do that from home base or do you travel some to where well, they we are? Do, do, yeah, we do travel on occasion. Um, yeah. And, and our, our short, short term mission trips, yeah. we want to, augment and help our existing missionaries and so we always take trips there and we try to put a pastor on all those trips as well so sometimes i'll go for that but we always go and when we do like an initial vision trip to find out you know okay we're going to north africa but what team are we going to go to so we'll go with the the couple and and try to scout it out um and that that just helps you know in in the future as they're talking about what's going on we know what they're talking about yeah absolutely Um, and so yeah small groups uh, missions and our residency and uh, yeah, the residency is is actually where we choose our our staff from our long-term staff from 
Tell us, tell us about that residency. Cause I love that model. I've heard you guys talk about it before in your breakout sessions. How does that work and how long is it? And maybe some guys are listening, um, Dan, they're like, Hey, I, I feel like I need to, I jumped right into ministry and I'm not ready. And I feel like I need a residency or I need to learn, you know, from these guys. Tell us a little bit about that program and even how they could jump in. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Well, um, it's designed for younger guys who are kind of a blank slate and, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, uh, we can kind of shape and shepherd them. Um, but, the, the residency is a 12 month thing and we usually hire three, uh, usually for the school year. So August to August, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, they come in and, and we really want to mentor them and disciple them. Um, it's, and, and we want them to be exposed to all the ministries. We're not just, Hey, we have a need in children's. So let's get a resident and, you know, meet that need. No, this is to develop pastors. So we want to give them all the, uh, at least touch all the ministries. And so they, they'll have four months with three pastors, two or three, and then rotate to the next two or three pastors and the next two or three pastors. But we've tried really hard to make sure that there is a heavy teaching ministry in each of those rotations so that they can be teaching weekly. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, they'll uh, like the, one of the residents just taught in my class two weeks in a row and we sat down and we look at his outline and he walks through it with me beforehand. And then we talked about how it went afterwards. Um, and then, you know, he gets to do it again. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how getting feedback from your sermons. And, and when you think about it, it's surprising that there are so many guys out there who just jumped in and they're, they're, they're preaching and no one has ever given them any feedback. Um, it's, it can be scary, but it's so helpful. Absolutely. Have a, you know, I have a guy walk through, you, you realize that your train of thought or your outline, it doesn't really, you know, reflect the flow of the the passage, you know, and here's why, you know, all those things, it's, it can be really, really helpful. And to see all of our residents when they first teach to when at the end of the year, just one year, amazing change. It's just phenomenal. And so, yeah, it, we want to focus on exposure to all the ministries, mentoring them uh, and, and a, a lot on teaching. And we really want to come alongside them and help them know, are you actually called to this? Uh, and then we really work hard to help them find the next spot. But as That's I said, they have like almost half of the guys that we've had as a resident, we bring on staff full time. And, yeah. and even those guys were actually preparing to be senior pastors. Right. You know, we're not just trying to keep them forever. We want to. Right. Yeah. Right. That's really good. So when you're looking at the, are you looking for guys that have got seminary? Are you looking for guys that have had an undergrad or just do you have any requirements along those lines? It's a great question. Um we started just by going after guys who were finishing undergrad because we thought, you know, humble, teachable, blank slate, let's start there. Um, but we, we also realized that oftentimes it's really helpful to have some older guys who have gone through seminary. Maybe they've been married a couple of years. It, you know, there's a difference. Um, and so, but, but we do either because we can tailor it uh, according to where they're at. Yeah. Um, but on occasion, this has happened twice. We've hired guys who don't even have their bachelor's degree hmm. uh, because in, in one guy who uh, he didn't have his bachelor's degree, he, he'd started his freshman year and dropped out, but he had a bit of a, a prodigal son scenario early in his life, you know, around that time. 
and God got a hold of his life and radically changed his life. And that's when he decided, I think God wants me to go into ministry. Hmm. Um, and he was having a hard time because no one would give him a chance because didn't, didn't really have much experience, didn't have a degree. His resume was not great, <laughs> but we, we interviewed him. And yeah. uh, I think one of the guys that interviewed him said, ah, maybe might be a diamond in the rough, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then our second interview process is because we'll do a lot of phone interviews. The second interview process is we just bring uh, like there's two or three days where we have three candidates each day, three or four candidates each day. And they stay here the whole day and mm. for, from like 830 to 930. They meet with two pastors and then the next hour they meet with the next two. So it's very relational. It's just tell us your story. Let us get to know you. And we loved him. He was mm. great. And we did think he was a diamond in the rough. Yeah. And actually through the residency, that's when we fell in love with him. This guy okay. is a gospel guy. He's amazing. And actually he's really bright and wow. he's a good leader. Like, whoa. Wow. And so after the residency, we hired him as our youth pastor. Okay. So he's our youth pastor right now. And uh, wow. wow. Yeah, but he did. He doesn't even have his bachelor's degree. That's fantastic. That's really, that's awesome. I love that story. Well, that's great. So is there, is the application on the church website or where could guys find information on that? Yeah, it's uh I gotta look this up. It's uh at Parkside Church. No, it's parksideresidency.com. Okay. Okay. Parksideresidency.com. Parksideresidency.com. Awesome. So let's talk, let's talk about this 18 years, Dan, that you've been there. You know, I heard Alistair say one time that. You know, he talks to men and they say, you know, well, I've been in the ministry 30 years. And he said they've been in three different churches in 30 years. They're not they don't have 30 years of ministry experience. They've got they've been a pastor three times for 10 years. And and so you you've had 18 years there. What are what are some of the benefits of, of a, a long tenor of ministry, you know, in the role that you're in? What are some things that you've seen that that you've seen as benefiting you, maybe your family or guys that you've started with, or even children, and and now you're seeing them in their college years. What are some things that you've seen um, that's been just a blessing to you in those years? Yeah, you know there, there is that uh, unique uh, thing where you've seen you know, like you were in that that children's program with my oldest, mm -hmm. and now you're thinking about going into ministry or thinking you know like. I, I know you, you know, you, you held one of them. You held my daughter's hand in the three-year-old class or whatever it was. You know, like, I got my eye on you. No, um, yeah, you do know them and that's great. Uh, but I remember when I first came on staff, you'd get all these uh, emails or, or calls or, or, or questions about, I need help with this. I don't know what to do. How do I, and it doesn't fit into a ministry like, oh, you should go to our whatever group. It, what they really need is, uh, you know, like, oh, I know who you should talk to. Mm -hmm. And then you get them connected with this other member of the of of the church that's gifted in a certain way and has had certain experiences. They've been comforted with uh, uh, they've been comforted from God in a certain way. And now they can comfort others with that comfort that they've received. And and you just make those connections. That's that's really helpful. Um, and, you know, every church has its own culture. And hopefully it's a uh, it's a particular expression of gospel culture. Um, but to actually recognize that, you know, I I know where 
Parkside's culture is not as gospel as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. I, I know that. I know where our warts are. And so I know our culture. I know our DNA. I know our church family. And um, hopefully now that I've been around enough, I, you know, I, I can feel it and I can sense, you know, things like that. And, and I can actually have credibility to speak into it yeah. uh, so that, you know, we can change some of those things. That's that's really helpful. That's great. Um, and, I, you know, I think it, it is more like a family than it is a business. And so, you know, it would be weird for family members to, to you know, trade up for a better family wow. or, you know, a better situation with a better house or better schools just because you like that situation better. No, this is your family. Right. You, they're never going to be the ideal. Never. And I'm not the ideal pastor. Right. They're stuck with me. I'm stuck with them. And I know that's not forever, but I do think that there's something to this, the, the family thing where, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. Jesus sticks with me um, as opposed to uh, just advancement in my career. It's, yeah. It's yeah. more than that. Right. So do you see, I'm sure even like with people relating to you, there's a, there's a trust there. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, you're walking around, I've seen you on Sunday nights, you're walking around with people, you're talking and they're coming to you. And, and so they, they see you as, you know, a pastor that's been here. And I'm sure that trust has developed over the years as well. Yeah. But that doesn't mean <laughs> there's there's a, a few scenarios that I look back and I go, I probably didn't handle that right. And uh, I, I don't know if they love me, you know, after that. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, you've got I've got those situations, too. But yeah, but for the most part, yeah, I've, I've people trust me, know me and, and there's credibility. Yeah. That's awesome. And then um, you guys have elders. You've talked about that, you know, yeah. developing elders. I know you've got a, a, a crew of elders there. What what role do you play? What role do the assistants play with the elders? Are you in every elders meeting? Are you involved in those decisions when the elders talk? How do you fit in with the elders of the church? It's a great question. I was just talking with one of our residents about this because he didn't understand the way we do it. <clears throat> we have uh, lay elders. And uh, then we have essentially teaching elders. Uh, so I, I'm an elder, but some of our younger pastors, they're not elders. And, you know, and, and some of them, they're like, they're trying to have a clean system for how that should work. And they're like, I don't see why you trust me to teach, but I'm not an elder. That doesn't make sense. And I, and I, I understand that. Um, I, 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 can, I can understand why they would think that and say that. Uh, but I try to explain to him, yeah, we can vet your teaching and know as we've watched you through the residency and now have watched you in your class, you can teach the Bible. You've always been faithful. You you get it. But that's different than having the wisdom of some of these older guys who are our elders. So there, there is a, a difference. Um, and so we don't, uh, some of our pastors are not elders, yeah. uh, but then some are. Yeah, the guys who've been here for a while. And then do you meet once a month? Do elders meet once a month when needed? Uh, yeah, we meet twice a month. Twice a month. Uh, on a Saturday and then once on a, a Wednesday night. Um, okay. And yeah, there's uh, 20, about 20. Okay. Is Alistair present at all those or? Yeah, when it, well, whenever he's in town. Yeah, which is probably the majority of them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So then. This, this has been fantastic. I mean, this has just been, there's just so much. This is awesome. But let me, um, you've hit everything I've wanted to talk about. This has been great. So 
you know, a lot of guys, I think even there can be frustration as I've talked to assistant pastors because, you know, the, the pastor is just not there a lot, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. Maybe the pastor likes to golf too much. Maybe he's, you know, he's always out ministering and he's at home watching Westerns <laughs> or maybe it's legit. You know, maybe he is speaking, um, giving, you know, on the tour of Israel or, you know, Holy Land tours and then preaching out of town and those things. And and how how does that affect with Alistair traveling as much as he does and, and you guys there at home base? How do you keep everything together? And, and like, man, you know, we need out, you know, it's not again, like just the mom, you're there along those lines because dad's out traveling or speaking. So if these guys are listening, they're thinking, man, how, how do I keep my staff or my church together when pastor's going like he is? What are some words of advice that you could give as you've seen that over the last 18 years? Yeah, well, um, this speaks to the importance of that right hand man, uh, which I'm not at this point. Uh, Jeff Mills, he is uh, you know, extremely submissive to mm -hmm. Alistair appropriately. You know, yeah. uh, Jeff will tell him, like, I don't think that's what we should do. And Alistair might feel really strongly. And Jeff will say, I'll do it if you want. But here's why I don't. And, and, and you know, and it comes from a, uh, a theology of uh, submission, which is interesting because you look at the epistles, you know, and first peter and, and and well all of the epistles how often submission seems to be the the clear explicit uh expression of how we're to be you know faithful to the gospel and obedient to christ submission comes up i i've, I've said recently i want to go look and see if i can actually say this quantify it but it seems like it's it's listed more than any other thing that's mm -hmm. what you do mm -hmm. um and so uh i Jeff it will do what Alistair wants, but he, he lets him know he's a help to him. But what's encouraging to me is how Alistair, even when he's like, ah, okay, I don't, I don't understand why you think that's best, Jeff, but I think you have a finger on the pulse of things, maybe more than I do. So, okay. Yeah. And so it's to Alistair's credit, you know, he's a strong leader, but yeah, like, you know, especially in light of all the, the, uh, I don't know that there's a list of well-known pastors who've been removed because they've been overbearing or authoritarian or things right. like that. Yeah. Um, and I think people need to know, be able to differentiate between strong leaders and I don't know, something along the lines of narcissistic leaders. Yeah. Narcissists are self-serving mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're, they're different. I'm above yeah. you. I'm, I'm different than you, yeah. but Al Alistair's not like that. And that takes, I mean, from Jeff's standpoint, that takes a special person to be able to look your pastor in the eye and say no. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, the, the, you know, to have a what, what I was going to say is like a theology of, of submission. Yeah. If it's not wrong, biblically, and it's not clearly unsafe or unwise. Right. If I have a different opinion about what we should do than my leader and I've expressed it and he still says this is what we should do. The only right response for me is to say, do whatever you have in mind. I'm behind you, heart and soul. Yeah, that's the appropriate response. I love that. It's a beautiful expression that. of the gospel. Yeah. Um, and I see that played out. Jeff does it and he encourages us to do it. And yeah. um, but we have a lot of autonomy. Uh, yeah. You know, like a narcissist has a hard time delegating. Alistair yeah. has no problem delegating. Mm -hmm. and, and he trusts us to run our ministries. And he has no problem telling people he delegates. 
he yeah. doesn't get credit for it, you know. And yeah. I, he can't. He knows he can't do that, and he knows he's got certain gifts and not other gifts. Yeah, and he's not afraid to admit that. But I remember one time when Alistair and Jeff were both gone, and I was trying to make a decision about this parenting class we were doing, and so I I talked with one of the other pastors, uh, who was who was older. Uh, he's gone and planted a church now, and I was like, Matt, what do you think I should do? Like, should I do it on a Sunday? And and so our whole conversation was about well. I remember Alistair mentioning one time that he he didn't want it to be like this. And and Jeff mentioned one time that he didn't want these kind of topical things to get in the way of our Sunday morning group. See, so all the what did my leader want? I've heard that what does my leader want? That's what we were talking about. What do my leaders want? Okay, that's what I'll do. It was not what do I want? It was what do my leaders want? And that's right. that's how you submit. And that and, and some of that, too, goes back to what we were talking about long term. You can't really know what your leader wants until you've been there for an extended period of time. Right. You know, yeah. Especially if he's. Yeah. You've learned you. You know what they're going to say. Well, I can tell you, you know, if a resident comes in and says, hey, I'm going to talk to Jeff about this and you're going to be able to say, well, I'll tell you what Jeff's going to say. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> that's why a lot of them come to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right, right. And uh, Jeff and Alistair both are very busy. And so, and and some of the older guys who are, you know, even because our, our structure is not that it's ever written out, but it's Alistair, Jeff, and then everybody else. Mm-hmm. But there are guys who've been here longer and, and you know, uh, naturally. And so some of us who've been here longer, uh, like Danny Shalero, uh, he's one of the guys who's just recognized uh, with for his preaching gift, but he's an amazing leader. Yeah. Um, but he was willing to stay in the youth ministry for like the last 10 years because we needed somebody. Every time we hired somebody, then they would leave. You know, but I heard him do a session. I, I didn't get to talk to him much, but he he just he just seems like he has that charisma. He's just a fantastic. But he's guy. so humble. He's so humble. But yeah. Um, so I, I don't know where we were. But yeah, that I think it, it holds together because Jeff holds it together because yeah. he's trying to do what Alistair wants. And. And I, there, there is this informal thing that all of us are trying to do, and that is just we we do want to have a Christ-centered Amen. culture where we're not competitive for our own thing, where you know we're we're uh, yeah trying to this is this is Christ's church. It's not uh, it's not Alistair's church, but it's not also my ministry. I'm just a servant, right? Yeah. Um, and so as we each of us are trying to live out the gospel and be like Christ. That that affects everything. And you know, maybe that's too cliche and not enough detail, but um we really do stress that. Um every year we go over this uh stuff about Christ-centered culture and what it looks like uh to be deferential uh, to one another, to be forgiving, to be gracious, uh yeah, to have a that's good great. attitude. That's great. Now, do you guys as um assistant pastors, you, Danny, Jeff, and the others, um, your new youth pastor, do you guys meet regularly, just you? Yeah, well, we meet every Monday for a staff meeting. Okay, uh, and when Alistair's in town, he's in. He's, he's there. And okay. when Alistair's in town, and, and he's leading the staff meeting, well, he he'll defer to Jeff because Jeff knows like uh, you know certain things that are coming up. But when Alistair's there and he leads it, uh, it's it's much more fun because he's got stories <laughs> of being with, you know, job traveling. It's really funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, but when Jeff is leading it. It's more business. All right, let's get some updates for, you know, every, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Alistair's there to tell some stories. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's time with Uncle Al. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, Jeff is Jeff in his seventies too. Yeah. 
I think so he's, he's Alistair both or yeah, at Jeff's uh, I think two years older than Alistair. Okay. So right about that 73, 74 and Alistair yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's um that's fantastic. What a heritage and what a ministry they've had together. And that's special. Yeah. Just I, I just yeah, I admire it. I um like I said, kind of a just uh, other than hearing Alistair on the radio when I was um, having another bout with Crohn's, you know, hearing mm-hmm. basics came up and said live, you know, I um, truth for life, whatever live. And I'm like, what's, what's live on a Monday. And cause I was in bed, I couldn't get out of bed and I clicked on it and um, it was Rico was speaking. I think it was 2019 okay. and, and I'd never heard him before. And um, I, I'm just, you know, I'm weeping and God speaking and, so man, when I get better, I'm never missing one of these again. And, and that just got me going to basics. And then of course, 2020 hit and I couldn't go, but yeah. you know, um, the last couple have just been fantastic. And I just, again, thank you for, I know that's, that's a lot of work for you guys. That's what yeah. 1500 pastors coming in and Ooh. yeah, but it really is exciting. We love it. We yeah. have well, take- you know, and even your church people, I mean, this is off topic, but I mean, Hey, I assume you guys are here for the conference and we're, we've been praying for you. And it's like, wow, that's special. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing to see our church just love to serve guys. Yeah. When they come. It's really yeah, and, and, and from the food to, I mean, just everything, everything's fantastic. 1500 pastors, the bathrooms are always clean. It's just, you guys do a top notch. It's just a, it's a great conference. And I'll put that plug in now. If you are listening or watching and you've never been put it on your calendar, that's one you need to go to. And it's great. I just love the area. Of course, I'm an Ohio boy. So of course I do. Yeah. But man, speaking of Ohio, you guys have got a big day today with an election, don't you? Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the abortion issue is, uh, on the on the, the ballot and so we've encouraged yeah we've even said to our people you know this this isn't an issue of uh politics we don't we don't want to get involved in politics but this is a moral issue and so we've said yeah we should vote no about this but yeah so it is a big day um but uh but this is this has been great uh thanks so much for reaching out and allowing fantastic man thank you i loved hearing your story and again i just appreciate what you're doing and it's awesome it's just we just need to hear more of it. I think we just, I want guys to be encouraged that they don't always have to be looking and God can use you mightily right where you are. Yeah. I think yeah. I heard it at a basics. It was one of the, I think it was one of the Scottish guys that Alistair had invited to speak. One of the no-name guys, some of those mm-hmm. guys the best. Oh, uh, I know. Absolutely. Yeah. But he said, uh, he was quoting somebody that I'd never heard of. He said, uh, go where you're sent. Do what you're told. Stay where you're put. Wow. Until wow. God makes it clear otherwise, that's what I'm going to do. Man, that could be on a wall, couldn't it? I mean, yeah, just, right, right. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, that's the other thing about basics. I tell people is that you're going and you're going to hear people you don't know, you've never heard of, and and they're coming from a culture that's not our culture that just brings the word of God to life in a different way. It does. Yeah, and this I, year Rico Tice is going to be back. Again. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm Let's excited. Person. Yeah. Sinclair, yeah. So it'll be it'll be great. It's, um, I've already got got my Airbnb set, reserved. Great. I think I'm taking five five or six of us from from church are coming. So great. All my staff and a couple of my um, elders in training. So nice. Uh, right. yeah, so excited to have them with us and and be able to do that. So Dan, thank you, my brother. This has been fantastic. Thank you for um, getting on with us and. 
I'm going to speak on behalf of Dan that guys, if you're listening and you got a question or two, his heart is assistant pastors. And I'm sure then you're willing to answer any questions they might have. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to your book coming out. When did, when do you know? Do you have it's any it's in the process. Yeah. I'm hoping next year that's art of the assistant comes out and, and we get, um, we get rolling with that. So yeah, yep. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. We'll, we'll definitely um, talk about that together. I want your input and insight on it and that'd be great. What God does. So, all right, man, well, I'm going to, um, again, thank you for coming and just look forward to seeing how God uses this and in the lives and the hearts of assistants. And if you guys, if this could be a blessing or, you know, it can be an encouragement to someone else, we'd love to have you pass it on and share it with anyone um, who's serving in that, that realm of ministry. Thanks again, guys, for joining Art of the Assistant. But I want you to know there's many more resources available than just this podcast. I would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel where you can watch this video live that I did with Dan and take advantage of our social media post. Facebook not only has a page, but we also have a members group that has some inside information other guys share. And I just know it'd be a blessing and encouragement to you. So check us out on social media. Check us out on YouTube. And thank you once again for joining us on Art of the Assistant.